FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 203 of the podcast that goes snitch. I'm your host, Jason Venable, and um, we're going to finish up November 2016, all things Wolverine. Uh, this episode is really late um, because basically, well, we had the holiday, obviously, and also, um, man, and just everyone except for Ethan in this house has been really sick for about a week. Just can't shake it. Um, so Denise has been really sick. She's still really sick. I'm not feeling great. Um, always been really sick. You may make some surprise guest appearances on this episode because <laughs> he's waking up a lot and just not feeling good poor guy um anyway like i said i'm not feeling great myself so this episode is really late and it's going to be really short but i wanted to get these books kind of talked about and out there and, you know there's a little little nice stack of issues to mention so that said um also you may notice my voice probably sounds like crap and there may be some sicky noises some some sniffling and, and whatever and I just I apologize I'm probably not going to take the time to go back and edit all that out like I usually try to do just because I don't feel very good did I mention that I'm sorry I don't mean to complain and bitch I'm just you know just one of those things can't be helped so but I'm still going to give you the best podcast I can but it is going to be short. <laughs> so with that said, uh, the remainder of November awaits. So let's do it. All right, here we go. Okay, so first up we have Old Man Logan, number 14, Monster War, part one, written by Jeff Lemire, uh, art by Felipe Andrade, maybe, I don't know, Andrade? I, I, I should just quit. Colors by Jordi Belair, that's nice. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo. And the cover is by Andreas Orantino. And on the cover, we have Old Man Logan with the new Howling Commandos, the Shield Monster Squad. Um, and I don't know why Hitmonkey's in a different color but and not really in the picture, but I think he's just part of that team as far as I know. But um, anyway, that's that. So... We start off in X-Haven with Logan having some coffee. And Cerebro, Cerebro comes up and says she there's a mutant that's gone missing. And Logan's like, who cares? And, and Cerebro's like, it's Jubilee. So Cerebro teleports Logan to Jubilee's apartment in Brooklyn where he finds Shogo, the baby, who looks a lot like Ollie. <laughs> and the baby's happy. He's playing around. Logan leaves him with the Sentinel and some very cute panels and has him teleport him to Jubilee's last location. Logan, that is. The, the baby stays there. Um, so that's Romania. Um, there's a funny part where he keeps telling Cerebra that if you don't do what I want, I'm going to turn you into a new motorcycle. <laughs> so anyway, he gets shracked into Romania. We get a snicked. Because something smells wrong. This doesn't smell right. And there's blood all over these here woods. And he's walking through the dark forest. 
but it's not Jubilees. And he gets attacked by a monster, a giant swamp thing monster. No, I'm sorry, that's DC. Man thing monster. Attacked by a giant man thing in the forest. Oh, that's. There's bad stories that start off that way. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we get another Snicked. We get some really cool colors. The colors, I mean, Bel Air is a genius, but the colors in this book are amazing. Of course, Man-Thing has the ability to burn his prey, and he starts burning Logan. Logan slashes him. He gets attacked by Hitmonkey. Then he gets attacked by a werewolf guy. Um, they all bark at each other, or literally announce themselves as the Howling Monkeys. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not the Howling Monkeys. The Howling Commandos. Um, Logan says, all right, fine. You're in shield uniforms. Explain yourself. And keep that damn monkey away from me. So Warwolf and the Howling Commandos, uh, they're not really part of S.H.I.E.L.D. I didn't know this. They're part of STAKE. Which is an acronym for the Paranormal Division. To which Logan's like, you gotta be shitting me. Um, I didn't realize this guy's name was Manphibian either. Um, so they say they're tracking some vampires. Their teammate, Vampire by Night, has gone missing. Logan says Wolverine's gone missing. Team up ensues. They go to Dracula's castle. Dracula's back with lots of vampires. Excuse me. They've been doing recon, and Logan's like, reconning what? Uh, let's take the castle. You all distract. I'll find our people. Snicked. And the next one who calls me old Wolverine loses an arm, which they've been calling him old Wolverine quite a bit <laughs> which is funny so they all storm the castle there's some nice little fights with vampires and monsters uh, lady vampire shows up I'm sorry vampire by night says to kill her friends we get a nice blood sewer that old man Logan comes through with another another snicked um, she finds he finds Jubilee, Jubilee and we get a nice snack which we may have to nominate <laughs> because there's just not many of those. Um, anyway, he gets a snack. He lets his guard down. Jubilee's like, oh, thank goodness you found me. Just like you said, master. And she turns around and Dracula's there. And Dracula chops down on Wolverine's neck to be continued. And I love the next. I don't know if this is really what the issue will be called, but it says, Old Man Logan versus Dracula. I'm sorry. Yeah, Old Man Logan versus Dracula. Dawn of Justice. Pretty funny. <clears throat> anyway, that's that. It's a nice, fun little issue, I guess. Um, Felipe Andrade, not real familiar with him. Style, but not... I don't mean this like I know you don't want to say people copy people because that's not good. That's that's not what I mean. But his style is very similar and in the vein to Sean Murphy, who I love. And I thought this art was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. The colors, I mean, his style with Bel Air's colors was like, ooh, yay, pretty. Um, it was really nice. Um, the story was fine. I mean, Logan hunting down Jubilee. Um... I don't know why Dracula's not dead anymore. I'm pretty sure from a few years ago I have a, a special one-shot called Death of Dracula when the X-Men fought him and when Jubilee became a vampire. Um, 
So not real sure what's going on there. If Lemire sticks with form in this book, he won't explain it at all, just like Lady Deathstrike. <clears throat> um, well, you know, we'll see. But it, was a, it was a fun story. Some nice little dialogue. Um, and the art's great. Uh, Wolverine's great. He's nice and grumpy, but in a good way. And You know, not like Lemire's grumpy old man Logan in Extraordinary X-Men, which is piss poor. Um, anyway, yeah, two different characters, mind-boggling. Uh, anyway, this issue, uh, the art's so good and the story's fun enough, I will give Old Man Logan number 14, four out of six claws, and we'll, we'll see where it goes next. It looks like we're going to have a vampire wolverine, which we've had before, so, you know, that'll be fun. Uh, if it sticks to form, the, uh, the healing factor will eventually kick out the the hostile takeover um, of Dracula. But um, we'll see. All right, let's move on. Okay, next up we have X marks the spot, which we have both our Wolverine characters in a book. We have all new X-Men annual number one with Wolverine and extraordinary X-Men 16 with Old Man Logan. All new X-Men annual number one. We have Idy Goes on a Date, which is written by Sina Grace, maybe. I got the Grace part right, I know. Oh, maybe, I could be wrong, maybe it's Grasse. Um, anyway, art by Corey Smith of Nova fame, right? Color art, or colors, by Andre Mosa. Letters by VC's Corey Pettit, Woohoo! Um, the Last of Us, The Last of X, written by Rex Ogle. Art by Andrea, or Andrea Bricardo. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! Um, and I don't actually know which cover I have. There's a regular cover by Corey Smith and Andre Mosa. Well, this art could be Corey Smith. But there's also a variant cover by Apu Chan and Raza, which I don't know them, so this could definitely be them as well. I don't see a signature anywhere, so I just don't know. But the cover is basically, we have some like, you know those word magnets that you can get on the fridge, like you can make your own sentences and stuff? So we have kind of our creators on there with that, and then we have some little magnets, like a Magneto helmet and an all-new X-Men logo magnet, holding up some pictures from a photo booth. And in the photo booth, we have, you know, the all-new X-Men, we have Beast holding pickles, then getting teleported away. We have Idy and Evan, we have Laura making out with Warren and, you know, all that good kind of stuff. So Idy goes on a date, starts with our all-new X-Men, sitting in a fountain in a mall that Iceman is frozen, and Idy's writing in her notebook. The other X-Men disperse to go shopping, and Idy meets a boy. Turns out he's a mutant, but he's, he might, he's sick with the impox. Um... They go on a date, they have a really good time, then they're attacked by some bullies. Idy uses her powers, that's when she finds out, or that's when um, her new date comes out and tells her about his mutant powers. Then the bullies track him down and fight some more. Idy uses her powers again, takes him out, then Storm shows up. She's going to take the boy back to X-Haven to try to, try to help him. And that's pretty much the story. Then we meet up with our other X-Men 
who see a uh, Terrigen cloud kind of off the west coast and but it's going out to the ocean so they don't have to worry about it so much. And then the, the other story is about Danny Moonstar and using her Valkyrie powers and how how it's kind of kicked into overdrive because of the impox and how she sees like her death death sense all over the place and but the magic is using that to try to help track down the sick mutants, which I thought was an interesting little cool use of her powers. So that was nice. Uh, they find Lady Mastermind and offer her some help and they're able to help her. Um, I won't go too much into it. No Wolverine in the second story. Um, the art in the first story is fine. And the story is fine. It's fun. Um, the art in the second story is pretty good and the story is pretty good. Um, I don't know. I think overall, this annual, which is very short on Wolverine, so that's a short discussion. Um, I think it's fine. I think the whole thing will average out just a nice level three out of six claws. Extraordinary X-Men number 16 is written by Jeff Lemire, art by Victor Ibanez. Colors by J. David Ramos. Letters by V.C. Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Ken Lashley and Owen Woodard. And the cover is pretty decent. Lashley does some decent covers. We have the new monster Sapna attacking magic with her own soul sword. It's pretty good. His, his demonic Sapna looks really nice. Very feral. Um, So, we go back to Limbo. X-Haven, we have Old Man Logan's arm has been burned, but he's going to try to attack Sapna anyway, so we get a snick as he jumps at her and gets stabbed through the soul and thrown down. And on the inside, Forge and Nightcrawler are arguing about what to do about Colossus and Sickly Apocalypse. Um, back in other magic land, magic is having powers, or having trouble using her powers to get back home. The storm's like, let me be your lightning rod. But it works, and they're able to transport back home. Um, the X-Men really need Colossus to help defeat Sapna. And Nightcrawler agrees that he will let Apocalypse go if he will let, if Apocalypse will relinquish his control of Colossus. Forge is like, no, you can't. And Nightcrawler's like, we have to. Uh, Magic steals back her soul sword when she comes home. And she tries to fight Sapna. She doesn't really want to, but there's just no other way around it. So she stabs her with her soul sword, freeing her from the demon and sending the demon packing, but also uh, killing Sapna. Apocalypse reverts Colossus back, and as promised, Nightcrawler sets him free. Of course, he doesn't say how. What he does is he bamps him out of the cell into the sky as the demon is disappearing and drops him into the demon and Apocalypse gets sucked up with the demon. Um, everyone's okay except for Sapna in the end. Actually, the last little page, the double page spread with the top half of the panel is Colossus and Nightcrawler hugging and then the bottom part is Magic holding Sapna's broken body, which, I don't know, this issue oh and there's a nice little kind of epilogue 
where Sat, uh, Magic is sitting on a rocky column in Wimbo, staring at her sword, meditating, being depressed, whatever. And the sword calls her name, Ileana, and looks like Sapna, when she was freed from the demon, maybe, yeah, her body was killed, but her soul is in the sword. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I didn't really care for this story too, too much. I mean, it was okay, but this last chapter was actually pretty good. The art, just, I mean, this is not a bad artist. I've, I've said this before. I'm just not crazy about him. Um, personally, just a personal opinion. Um, I'm saying nothing about his talent. He's he's fine at drawing. Just not really my preference. Um, so with the art and but a pretty decent story, I'm going to give Extraordinary X-Men, again, just a nice kind of steady three out of six claws. Could have been a little higher. Um, if I'd like the art a little better. So if, you, if you're a fan of his art, I, I could easily see you give me this book four out of six claws, but I couldn't do it. Um, anyway, that is X marks the spot. Okay, so next up we have our segment, Where's Wolverine? And this month, Wolverine is a guest appearance in two comics. The first one we're going to talk about is the brand new Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider number one. Whoa! Yeah, and that voice is... Ethan. Hello. Ethan is here to talk about Ghost Rider. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, because, what did you tell me the other day about Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider is officially my favorite Marvel superhero. Yes, Ghost Rider is Ethan's favorite. And that has a lot to do, I think, with the fact that he's been on the current season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is one of mm-hmm. Ethan's favorite shows. Um well, I also knew about him, like, way, way back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I have a confession. I haven't read much Ghost Rider in my time. I know what? he was the, one of the superstars of the 90s, but I didn't care for him back then. Um, and just didn't read much. And the last time I read him in a comic was in the early 2000s. Um, I don't remember who wrote it, but Clayton Crane was the artist. It was a short-lived, I don't know if it was a miniseries or just got canceled, but um, anyway, I'll, I read like the first two issues of that just because I liked the art, but that was it. Um, <clears throat> I did not read a page of the last volume of Ghost Rider, which was the origin of Robbie Reyes, um, but I wanted, wanted to point out there's a distinct difference that I didn't know about between the powers of this new Ghost Rider and the previous Ghost Riders. And also different from the show. Robbie Reyes is a character on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But in the show, Ethan, his powers are from the Spirit of Vengeance. Because remember, the old Ghost Rider gave him the spirit, right? Yes. The original Ghost Rider that rode almost like a sports bike yes. type of car. Mm-hmm. Motorcycle. <laughs> yes. Um. It's a car with two wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. It's a car. <laughs> But basically, after they get in a car crash, the old Ghost Rider walks up to him after he dies and makes a deal with him that he would have vengeance on his uncle. But in this one, his uncle's already dead. Well, not only is his uncle dead, but instead of getting... There's still a car crash, 
but instead of getting the spirit of vengeance from a previous ghost rider, he's inhabited by his uncle Eli's spirit. So he doesn't have the normal ghost rider spirit. He has like the ghost of his uncle living inside. That is weird. And his uncle's not a very nice dude. No. <laughs> so anyway, that's the main difference. But um, let's get into this number one. This is a. Uh, I like that the credits are called the mechanics. Thought that was interesting. Um, this is Four on the Floor, Part One, written by Felipe Smith, art by Danio S. Beirut, colors by Val Staples and Jesus Arbatov, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and there's a bonus story about Piston Nitro, written by Felipe Smith, with art by Trad Moore, colors by Val Staples, letters by VCs Joe Sabino. The designer for all of this issue is Manny Medeiros. And the cover is by Marco Caquetto. Ethan, Wait. what's on the cover? It's basically, if you were to, like, you know how you pop a wheelie on a motorcycle and stand up sometimes? Uh-huh. Well, he's just standing on the front of his car. <laughs> yeah, he's standing on the hood of his muscle car, and there's flames all around. Lots of flames and lots of chains. Yeah, an insanely long chain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, going all over the place. It's supernaturally long, right? He can control the width of it. Yeah. The length. So, do you like this cover? Yes, I think whoever did it did a great job. Yeah. Kiketo, he's a good artist. And he did a good job. They, 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 they are both similar in how they're made, but the only differences of their appearance is that this ghostwriter more has like almost like a mohawk of fire. Right, as opposed mm-hmm. to the show. Yeah, he just has like a whole hair of fire. Right, yeah. Which kind of goes more to the old school Ghost Rider. And this one's definitely set apart. Um, So, a real fast plot. Uh, we have um, Robbie and his brother. You remember his brother's name? It's the same as the show. Um, <laughs> I forget. Gabe. Gabe, the yeah. disordered little kid. Yeah. And so they're talking about car stuff. And then we go to California. And um, the scientist has found what he thought was a new mineral. And the Hulk comes along, the totally awesome Hulk. And um, turns out the mineral is more like an alien. And it, as it bites things, it takes over their properties. So it consumes a rat. Yeah, well, it doesn't eat a rat. It just kind of bites it and then transforms into like a big purple rat. And then we get some more stuff uh, with Robbie riding around with Gabe in the car. And they see some criminals. And the uncle's like, kill them! <laughs> but Robbie's like, no, I got things to do. So we go back to the beach. And we have a purple rat. And he bites some bugs, some beetles. And he turns into a giant purple beetle rat. Which, it's like Transformers. <laughs> you become one thing, and then you become both things. Then you right. become multiple things. Yep. And so the Hulk, Amadeus Cho, refers to it as a Pokemon, says he'll call him an Evolutionmon. Pokemon references! Yes. And this thing gets on the Hulk and tries to bite him, but he can't, because you can't bite the Hulk's skin. And so he's just crawling around, and the Hulk is like, that tickles! Ha ha ha! And then um, Robbie drops off his brother. Then he goes back out to get the criminals. So this is a pretty cool scene, huh? 
And just driving up behind it. <laughs> yeah. I really like this top panel of the car. Mm-hmm. It's nice. So the criminals shoot at him. He takes the criminals out. Looks pretty gnarly. And he cuts open the trailer, and they were trying to do some human trafficking, which is where you kidnap people and try to sell them as slaves. It's a very bad thing. Yes, and also I like the part where um, where the criminal looks at him. <laughs> yeah. And he's got fire coming out of his head and his mouth. He's like, how is that possible? Is that supernatural? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the Hulk is messing with the little purple creature, and how does he eventually bite the Hulk? Um, he bites it by the tongue. Yes. Hulk captures him and says, hey, hand, sticks his tongue out, and the little critter chops on his tongue and turns into a giant purple hulky monster beetle thing. The biggest Pokemon ever. Yes. So he fights the Hulk. And then the Hulk kind of beats him, but the thing gets away and buries underground. And then we see some girls, and they're hitting on Robbie. He's talking about how hot he is at the taco stand. Tacos. Yes, Ethan loves tacos. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> taco every day. Um, and then we have a special guest stars that show up to the taco stand. We have Laura and Gabby, which, of course, we know as Wolverine and Gabby. And we see something stinks. Laura's like, these tacos smell bad. But it's not the tacos. It's purple slimy stuff. And we see the monster in the sewer. And Wolverine's like, all right, we're going to, things are about to get messy. And we get a snicked on the last page to be continued. I, I completely forgot when I was reading this, I completely forgot that the new Wolverine only has two claws and one on the ankles, which yeah. I still think, how do you survive that? That's got to hurt. <laughs> well, it's in the foot, not in the ankle. But it got to hurt. <laughs> it probably doesn't feel great. Does it hurt? Every time. Um, but yeah, so what did you think of the art? It was great. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was pretty good. Oh, uh, the Neo S. Beirut. Um, what do you think of the story? I think it was good. The only disappointing part is that since the f- fact that my favorite superhero is Ghost Rider, that they, like, n- nearly almost half of the comic didn't have to do with him. <laughs> yes, I noticed that, too. There was not much Ghost Rider in this it w- Ghost Rider. It was, like, just, it was Ghost Rider... Messing with his brother and killing a criminal. Right. Saving people. And then that's pretty much the it. <laughs> yeah. But the real story was about the little purple monster, which had nothing to do with Ghost Rider yet. I'm sure it will in issue number two. But that's really odd for a number one issue because this is like, hey, new Ghost Rider, brand new series. Um, good and luck finding we, him. Yeah. Now we <laughs> introduce the Avengers. This is now <laughs> Avengers now. <laughs> Yeah, we got we got a whole lot. Of, there were definitely more pages of Hulk than anybody else. Yes. And then a couple of pages of Wolverine. So we hear all, and we're gonna have to stop. But what do you want to grade? Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider number one. Remember, we go out of six claws. I bet. <laughs> six American claws. Are they huge? Yes, they're huge. <laughs> so you're going to go six out of six. All right. Well, that's the official grading from the podcast. And um, 
We'll talk about the next one in just a second. Bye, Thanks, Trump. Ethan. <laughs> All right. So next up, Wolverine shows up in Power Man and Iron Fist, number 10, which is as a now number one banner, Harlem Burns. This is the first chapter of that. This is written by David Walker with art by Sanford Green, colors by Lee Luffridge. Letters and Productions by VCs Clayton Cowles. And the cover is by Sanford Green. And on the cover, we have just a nice cover, kind of a character pile-up. We have Luke and Danny, of course, posing, ready for a fight. We have our mysterious hooded figure in the background. And we have some just criminals on the bottom, uh, including Black Cat. Everyone else has kind of been in the book so far. Kind of the regular regular villains of the series. Um, and really, very brief appearance. Uh, we get some cool little flashbacks to the Fang Gang, which is a, a younger tombstone. And um, you know, it uses all the civilian names. Uh, Mortimer, Raymond, Lonnie, which I know I said is tombstone. Um, Mariah, who's Black Mariah. Um, Raymond and Cornell and they talk about how the, they get this great idea of being the Fang Gang but they all they can't stop fighting so they never really get it off the ground then we see uh, in the present Luke and Danny cleaning up some of the criminals that escaped from Rikers during their last story their Civil War tie-in which led to a massive prison break and uh, Tombstone and Fishface are getting together. And we find out that some of these criminals that... that uh, so we, we remember from the... If you've been reading this, this series, which you should, because it's really good. Excuse me. If you've been reading the series, you know that there was this person that made the software that he was feeding to like bounty hunters and stuff. And not only did it like locate people, but it... And kind of was able to create and or clear criminal records on the person's whim. And so he wrongly imprisoned a bunch of people. And that's why Danny went to jail. And those people that they got out, uh, that heroes for hire, is hired to do different tasks. And then Luke and Danny want to meet with the Avengers and some heroes um, to kind of tell them what they're doing, that they're going to put a stop to this, they're going to find out what's going on, and they don't necessarily need anybody's help, but kind of stay out of their way. And um, in this group of heroes, and mostly Avengers, we have Wolverine. She's chilling with Deadpool on the floor. Um, really like the way Sanford Green draws Black Panther. It's really nice. Um, and there's all kinds of people in here. There's Black Widow, Misty Knight, Miles... Storm, Miss Marvel, Mockingbird, Captain America, Vision, Thor, Doctor Strange, Totally Awesome Hulk, Spider-Woman, Mini Nova for some reason. I know he's young, but he's like two feet tall in this picture. Um, Scarlet Witch, Daredevil, and um, the other Captain America. So we have Steve and Sam, both of them in here. You can decide which one is the other one for you. (laughs) I think they're both. Both. Both the real and both the other. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so Wolverine's just kind of hanging out in the bottom. She's chilling. 
And they explain what they're going to do. And then we find out the black cat is making a move on. She's making a move on Tombstone. And then we find out the, the person in the hood is Alex Wilder. They, they call him a former runaway. I've yet to ever read that series, so I don't know. But um, anyway, art's really good. Story's really good. I'll give Power Man and Iron Fist number 10, five out of six claws. Like I said, if you're not reading this, you should be. It's a really good book. Really fun. Um, all right, well, that's going to do it for Where's Wolverine? All right, and now it's time for a Civil War II update. Civil War II number seven came out. And it is... We got a lot going on here. What are the credits? All right. Written, of course, by Brian Michael Mendes, with art by David Marquez, colors by Justin Bonsoir. And then we also have an Old Man Logan section. So while Sorrentino may have got some time off on the regular book, he's still drawing the book, um, but just in the pages of Civil War II. So that section, of course, is by Andrea Sorrentino and Marcello Maiolo. Letters on all of it by VCs Clayton Cowles. And we have some design work by Victor Ochoa. And the cover is by Marco Djurjevic. And the cover is pretty cool. We have a hooded um, Ulysses. In the background, in the foreground, we have Captain Marvel holding Iron Man's broken body. Um, so basically what we have is we kind of go back to where we were last time. Um, Ulysses is, the humans are trying to talk him off the ledge, literally. But he's blacked out. And he's somehow transferred to Old Man Logan's future past. And here, he's almost attacked by a hillbilly Hulk until Old Man Logan jumps in with a giant awesome snicked and literally shreds him. Uh, Ulysses is like, what year is it? And Old Man Logan's like, what? He's like, are you Wolverine? And of course, Old Man Logan pauses. He hasn't been Wolverine for a while. He's like, all right, see you later. And Ulysses is like, please, I'm not supposed to be here. So we go back and get a nice double-page spread of Miles killing uh, Steve. And then now we have Miles at the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. And the cops surround him, like, get out of here or put your hands up, whatever. Um, Old Man Logan talks to Ulysses in Old Man Logan land. Um, he tells Logan he's an inhuman, and Logan's like, uh, all the inhumans left the world. They left the planet a long time ago. Um, and Ulysses is like, what happened? And old man Logan's like, Tony Stark happened. And then um, Carol and Maria Hill are trying to decide what to do about Spider Miles, and they decide to call off the cops. They don't want to instigate and make this happen. And then Steve shows up. He's going to talk to, to Miles again. Um, and Ulysses is like, what do you mean? What happened to Tony Stark? And Logan's like, it doesn't matter. But tell me, please tell me to me. And he says, all right, fine. Everyone on the damn planet knows this. He pushed her too far. And Ulysses is like, her Who? And then he zaps back to the real world and the Inhumans are, are talking to her, are talking to him. And he's like, I, I, 
He said, he said, Stark pushed her too far. We have to tell Captain Marvel to quit. She has to stop fighting Iron Man. Can you do that? And then we see Captain Marvel. Carol shows up at the Lincoln Memorial as Cap and Steve, or, yeah, Steve and uh, Miles have a chat. And um, Steve's like, I know you're not going to kill me. Um, and Carol shows up. Why are you here? If you're, I mean, you're trying to prove it's not going to happen. What did you think was going to happen? What did you expect when you showed up here? And Cap tells Miles that Captain Marvel isn't evil. But he also says, you know, but it's, it's enough. Enough's enough. And Captain Marvel says, well, I agree, but I can't just hope it all works out. We have to, you know, get him somewhere safe. And she tries to, but there's a shield around her. And uh, Miles is like, I'm not doing this. And Carol's like, I can't do this. And it's Tony Stark in a big war machine. And he tries to pummel, he tries to pummel Carol. Um, and they fight. They keep fighting. And Miles is like, please let me out of here. Stop fighting. But they fight some more. And Carol busts, punches right through his armor. And to be concluded, not a lot happens in this issue, but there's some interesting things to think about. Uh, first of all, is Ulysses hopping in time or hopping in dimensions? I mean, are we officially to the point where Old Man Logan's future, which in his book has gone to great lengths to say, you know, isn't going to happen anymore. Is that like the official future of the Marvel Universe right now? Uh, at least the flavor of the month of the official future in the Marvel Universe? Or is Ulysses hopping d dimensions and he just happened to go to that dimension? Um, of course, we get a little teaser about what, if you've been reading previews, if you haven't, you might want to skip about 10 seconds, but if you have, we all know that after this is all over, the Inhumans are going to leave Earth. So, Old Man Logan refers to that. Um, and I think it's interesting, he says he pushed her too far. And what that really means, did he push Medusa too far, and that's why the Inhumans left? Does he push Carol too far, and she kills him? And then the Inhumans are like, all right, we're, we're taking you, Ulysses, we're taking our ball and going home. And they're like, you've made a big enough mess. We don't want to be a part of this. We're, we're going away for a while. Um, that's probably most likely because, you know, because Marvel can't finish an event before they put out the next series of books. We know that Tony Stark is nowhere to be found, so it's very possible he's going to die, probably likely. He's going to die in the, in the last issue of this series. Um, what I thought was interesting was, and we know this isn't going to happen, so it's kind of, Interesting they decided to do this this way. So I guess the, the impetus will be that the vision is proven false. Right? The Miles isn't going to kill Steve. But there's nothing to say that as Carol and Tony duke it out, that couldn't ma cause massive destruction. And Cap could still like end up with some rhubarb through his chest. You know, as kind of like a casualty, like a, you know, caught in the crossfire kind of thing. So the vision could still come true, but it wasn't that Miles killed him. It was that Carol and Tony fighting killed him. But I don't think we're going that way because we know Steve comes out of this okay. 
and we still have to wrap up that whole agent of Hydra thing going on in his book. So it's interesting that, you know, I guess it's kind of a red herring because we've seen a bunch of, I mean, this whole series with the whole minority report Avengers, um, has been like, okay, well, we're going to try to prevent the vision, but then we're going to make it happen. But it's not going to happen quite the way we saw it. Like, we misunderstood it, but it still happened. We just didn't understand what was happening in the vision. And so we've had three or four of those in this series, so I guess it would make sense to kind of make us think, oh, well, that's what's going to happen. Miles won't kill him, but he'll still die. But then I guess it won't happen, and Stark's going to die instead, and then that's what is going to make everyone realize this was all a mistake. But will it be? Because, you know, we know that, that Captain Marvel still has a, a new book coming out after this. So who knows? But anyway, the art by both teams was great in this book. Marquez, as always, is awesome. Um, Sorrentino and Maiolo, of course, had some beautiful scenery in this book. And a lot of people have kind of been bagging on Civil War too. I'm I guess I'm either in the minority or I'm just not in the vocal minority. So I'm not sure which one it is, but I'm really enjoying this book. I know it's not perfect and I know it has its problems and I know it's definitely seems to, even though they're trying not to, it's definitely still kind of villainizing Carol, which is not fun, but I don't know. I'm still having fun with it. So, and plus the art just looks so great. So I'm going to give, oh, I guess I should mention Oh, no, I don't have to. Old Man Logan's in the book. Half of it happens in his universe. Well, not half of it, but a good good little chunk. Um, anyway, I'm going to give Civil War 2 number 7, 5 out of 6 claws, and that is our Civil War 2 update. All right, and last but not least, real fast, we're going to talk on Inhumans versus X-Men number 0. This is written by Charles Soule with art by Kenneth Rockefort colors by Dan Brown letters by VCs Clayton Cole Cowles Coles I'm not sure I think I change it every time I say it um, production design is by Nicholas Russell and the cover is also by Kenneth Rockefort and if you've been paying attention at all you've seen this image and we have a sulking beast on the ground with a tiny notepad breaking his pencil and we have Storm facing off with Medusa above him I really like the way Rockefort draws Medusa's hair, and just really I like his art in general. Um, it's a really nice cover. So what we have is we go to eight months ago, we kind of gradually slide our scale back up, and we see that Beast is meeting with Iso and New Adelan, and they're going to try to work on a cure, and they have some scientific banter. Then on Mirror Island, after the death of Cyclops, which, you know, if you read the last issue of Death of Meh, that's what it was. Pretty boring. Um, and <laughs> I should have had. I should have Andrew come. If the, if that book had featured Wolverine at all in any shape, form, or fashion, I would have had Andrew come back on because he has a nice little rant about Death of X, um, and with many valid points. But anyway, the, the book is not. Don't even read it. <laughs> Just skip it. Just skip it and read this instead, because this is actually kind of okay. Um, anyway, you see Emma Frost, and she's dumping off, jumping off a cliff, uh, timing her 
her transformation in diamond form and seeing how close she can cut it. The cuckoos think she's cuckoo. We have lots more scientific banter between Beast and Iso as they're trying to figure out a way to isolate the X gene and, and fix it, you know, so Terragenesis doesn't doesn't hurt them. So the Terragen cloud's not that bad. We jumped to six months ago. Beast is not making a lot of progress. They came up with a way to maybe make it work, but that would not only cure the mutants and keep them from getting impox, it would also take away their exogenes. That's not really a solution either. But we see that the Inhumans are working very hard uh, to try to stay ahead of the cloud, and they've come up with, or Beast has helped them come up with a way to track mutants, kind of like Cerebro. And so they see where the cloud is going next, and they scan that area for mutants, and they try to save them. So the Inhumans in this story are proactively trying to prevent mutants from being exposed to the cloud. Emma Frost meets with Magneto and the Uncanny X-Men. This is before Psylocke left, obviously, and we see Sabretooth for a minute playing with a knife. Emma says, I want you to attack me without telling me. So I, and Magneto's like, that's asinine. And they talk about the Inhumans. Um, and Magneto says, we're out, we're out powered here. And <laughs> we basically get a Back to the Future moment where Emma calls him a chicken. And we see Sabretooth like, what? As his knife flies away and flies at Emma. And she turns the diamond form just in time. And the knife breaks. And she says, Magneto, I need you. These are dark times, and you're the darkest man I know. Then we go to four months ago. Uh, Beast is in the Savage Land. He's setting up some Terrigen T-Cloud detectors in different locales. He says the T-Mist shouldn't get here. So I just want to make sure it doesn't. Then we see Emma meets uh, the all-new X-Men in Detroit. And Cyclops is there, which I will mention some of Andrew's beef with this. I don't think in four months ago time that Cyclops had joined back up with the all-new X-Men yet, right? That was when he was in hiding after after old Cyclops died and he kind of disappeared. Because that was eight months ago and this is only four months ago. I guess it's possible this is right after he rejoined the team. I don't know. Timeline's iffy. And of course, Emma's like, oh, she has a weird moment when she sees young Scott. But she never knew Scott this young, so it's not like she's seeing a complete ghost from the past. But I understand, especially if her wheels are coming off mentally, um, and this would bother her. Then uh, Emma also goes to see the Hellfire Club, so she's just trying to round up allies for, you know, to attack the Inhumans. And Beast is failing. He's not finding a cure. And he tells Medusa this, and she encourages him, says, if anyone can do this, you know, it's you. We just have to believe in science. All things are possible with science. That's his quote. She's given him his own words back to him. So he goes off, but as he leaves, his super hearing picks up Medusa, calling her inhumans together. And she basically says that Beast hasn't found a solution um, and we will continue to do everything we can to support him, to help him, to help him look for a solution. We want him to find a solution. But if he doesn't, the other mutants are going to lose patience. They're going to lose patience with him, and they're going to lose patience with us. And if it comes to a war, we have to be ready to win. 
And then Emma meets a mysterious female guest at the Hellfire Club. We don't know who it is. And I'm kind of curious. I'm actually kind of intrigued. And then Beast gets an oh no. And he sees that the team cloud has made its way to the Savage Land somehow. But he doesn't tell Iso. He's just like, eh, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. And he thinks about all the terrible things that have happened to mutants lately. Um, we see some brood stuff. We see the giant Super Sentinel attacking and wiping out Genosha. Um, we see Phoenix Cyclops killing Professor X. We see Black Bolt killing Cyclops or the fake Cyclops. Uh oh, spoiler. And we see uh, the death of, of Logan. He's trapped in the adamantium tomb. Um, and so he calls Storm. And it's like, hey, we got to meet. And Emma shows up to talk to Storm. And um, they're going to go meet Beast. And I think we're ready for a fight. I got to say, this story is the most interesting this conflict has been since it started. Um, Charles Soule, who, you know, is sometimes brilliant and sometimes meh. But in this case, it's really good. I really like his voice for Beast. It's just, it sounds like Beast. And between him and the art, between the voice he gives Beast and the art, he literally feels like you're seeing Beast, like, move around and talking. Like, it really comes to life. Um, The art in this book is amazing, but, of course, I'm a Rockaport fan. I love his panel design, his interesting stuff. Um, And he and Dan Brown work together really well. Colors really pop. Um, And the story's good. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's intriguing. I want to know who the mystery female is. Um, Sabretooth's barely in there. But we know the old man Logan's going to show up in the regular series. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I quite enjoyed this. I'm going to give Inhumans versus X-Men number zero a very solid four out of six claws. Almost went to five with the art. I was going to say it's a very solid four. So four out of six claws for Inhumans versus X-Men number zero. And that's going to do it. All right, so the episode is over. I, I had a lot to a lot of issues. Even though I didn't spend much time on any particular issue, still took longer than I thought. So, not as short as I promised. I'm sure you're okay with that. But anyway, that is going to do the episode. Um, please like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. Email us SnickCast at Yahoo.com. Website with show notes is uh, SnickCast.Podbean.com. Um, I don't know the way I feel if we'll get to the rest of Inferno and the flashback next, or we may just do a very quick update on all new Wolverine, which comes out next week. So we'll see. We'll see how I feel, how Denise feels, how how I'm able to schedule. Um, but one of those two will be next. And I promise soon we will finish Inferno or at least do a next chapter in Inferno. <laughs> but anyway, um, until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked.